Before I get into my homily, I just wanted to say thank you to the sisters for hosting me this weekend and for allowing me the privilege of helping to lead the retreat for these young women. It is also and always a great blessing and privilege to be with you, uh, especially as someone who is daily engaged in the hard work of college campus ministry. Even though this was one of the many things on my schedule, it is uh, simply uh, a greater booster shot than anything the world has to offer to be with you. So, so thank you. It is, it's just a joy. Your witness, your fidelity to our life, to, to us in the order, it's, it's just a great witness to what our Holy Father Dominic had in mind in the, the friars and the sisters and the laity gathered together as one living this mission of contemplation and preaching the gospel. So thank you. I would like to say, though, that I've drawn a pretty tough lot this morning in this gospel. <laughs> Today, I have two masses I get to celebrate here with all of you, mostly religious women and those discerning a religious vocation, and tonight on the campus of Indiana University with mostly uh, men and women in fraternities and sororities. I may be one of the few priests in the church today who is preaching to almost no one who is married on this central teaching of our church. <laughs> but what a joy it is, as scripture tells us. The word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword. Our lives as, fri as friars and sisters in the order of preachers is to meditate upon the Word of God and to share it with joy with the world that so desperately needs to hear it. It so desperately needs to know the fullness of truth that is the person of Jesus Christ and that is offered to each and every one of us through Christ dwelling, subsisting in His church. In the readings today, we get a common theme, however. Yes, we get the fullness of the church's teaching on marriage and sexuality, which is difficult for most people to hear this day and age. But we also get the background, if you will, for why our blessed Lord teaches this and why it is so important for us to proclaim it and for those who are called to marriage to live it. Ultimately, the image of Adam in the first reading is the image of human flourishing and happiness. It is not until we are willing to commit to sacrifice, to give of our very self, to take that risk that we are able to find fulfillment in our lives. We can have everything, and Adam did, that the world has to offer and be utterly alone and afraid. But when, in the gift that we give to the Lord, the Lord receives that, he fulfills in the world around us and through our vocation the great blessing that is life in relationship. We are called and made to be in communion, communion with God forever in heaven, communion with each other and all of the church here on earth and in the life to come. But the only way for us to get there is through the perfect, complete gift of self. Jesus himself, as the reading to the letter, from the second reading to the letter to the Hebrews, reminds us was made perfect through suffering. If our blessed Lord, who was fully God and fully human, was made perfect through suffering, so too are we in our gift of self. But the beauty of the scripture today is that we get this wonderful story of Jesus welcoming the children. And it's a reminder to us that life is not just weariness and toil, suffering for the sake of a greater good. That's Jansenism. The church has condemned that. Our life is one of joy. Our life is one of commitment and peace. 
And we know from looking on the face of children, especially little children, of how much joy they find because they live in the moment and completely commit themselves to it. In my family, I have five siblings, and in the last four years, we've been blessed, I've been blessed with seven nieces and nephews, which is a great gift. And they're all little. They're all under four years old. And so to see them and their wonderful and powerful imaginations and how they can live so wonderfully in that moment, giving themselves completely to this gift. I mentioned him yesterday in my homily, but my sister sent me a video last night of my nephew Glenn, who has this wonderful imagination. And yesterday he was wearing his dad's sunglasses and they were pretending that he was invisible and Glenn believed it. He didn't think they could see him. But that is the level of commitment that we are called to. That childlike love and joy to enter into this great mystery that is our life in Christ. Without ego, without prejudice, to just give of ourselves, totally immersed in the person of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, we find ourselves. To make it as clear and perhaps as short as possible a statement, joy follows the austerity. The fullness of the gift that the Lord has to offer to us follows the sacrifice, the way in which we share in the cross. St. Paul in his letter to the Colossians says that we are called to make up in our own bodies what is lacking in the suffering of Christ. When we give of ourselves to our vocation, to our life, not looking to gain, but simply to enjoy the pleasure and the gift of giving, we find who we truly are. And this is why the church stands up so adamantly for marriage and its centrality, not only to the salvation of souls, but for the building up of a just and good society. Because it is in that gift of two totally different people, man and woman, entering into a life for each other, that we see the beauty and the richness of humanity and creation living in the world. On Wednesday, we gather in my community in Bloomington, the four friars who are in the community there, and our permanent deacon to pray with the scriptures and to kind of start talking about what we're thinking of preaching on this weekend. And when I told them that this was my lot in life to preach this, they all kind of looked at me and said, well, good luck with that, you know? <laughs> But the beauty there is that the permanent deacon is with us. He's married. He's been married for over 30 years. And so to be able to sit there and to hear this good and faithful Catholic man talk about how it is not in the great things the world has given to him and his wife, but in the sacrifices they have made for each other that has made their marriage beautiful. When they met, Deacon Ron was a submarine naval officer. He was on shore leave, and he was set up to go on a date with the, you know, a friend of a friend set he and his now wife up. She was a Baptist raised in a very anti-Catholic home. And they went on a date together. And she thought, well, I'm going to, you know, Navy man on shore leave, look out. And he treated her with dignity and respect. She said at the end of the night when he, you know, wished her good night, walked her to the door, didn't make any effort to do anything other than treat her with dignity and respect, she was stunned. And he was going to disappear into the bottom of the ocean for the next six months, and yet she knew there was something there. And so she pursued him as she, as, as she pursued him as he pursued her. 
And a couple, six months or so later, she, they had been communicating through letter every, you know, however many days he was able to send her letters. He wrote her a letter every day. They got together, she flew out to San Diego. He picked her up at the airport and said, you know how we were supposed to spend this week together hanging out, getting to know each other? My orders changed, I'm getting on a boat in 30 minutes. But she knew there was something there. And he knew there was something there. And when they got engaged, they, I think they, it was something like they'd only spent 15 or 20 days together. But because of the gift, because of the sacrifices they were able to make, because Christ Jesus was at the center of both of their lives, they were able to move forward together trusting in the other person. Not because they thought that other person was great, but because the other person had shown through a willingness to sacrifice for the good of the other and the good of the relationship. And regardless of what our vocation is, this is where true freedom lies, in that complete gift of self. So sisters, please excuse me if I speak to our young ladies who are gathered here today. St. John Paul II did that often in his homilies, so I feel like I'm in good company in doing that. <laughs> but to the young ladies who are here on this retreat, ultimately, the life that the Lord, the vocation to which he calls you, is your freedom is your joy, is your happiness. And whatever that is, he is calling you and he is asking you to come without reservation, freely and wholeheartedly, to give yourselves, to find your joy, not in holding on or clinging to what the world has to offer, but in sacrificing and in love. Because as St. Thomas Aquinas reminds us in his treatise on love in the Summa, love is to will the good of the other as other. And when we find love in this life, in our vocation, we find it in the sharing and in the measure in which we share in the love of Christ on the cross. But we find those crosses to be incredible and extraordinary gifts. In a wonderful meditation on the cross, St. Francis de Sales tells us that the Lord has placed a cross. He has measured out a perfect cross for each and every one of us weighted exactly in the way that it needs to be weighted and placed in exactly the way it needs to be placed in our lives and our hearts to set us free. And when we go to the Lord with a childlike wonder and abandonment, we go to the cross with joy, not because it is easy, but because we see it as a gift that unshackles us from what binds us to sin and to the world. The vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, when we first approach them, are limiting, are inhibiting. They keep us from what we think might make us happy. But live with a childlike wonder and joy, they bring us greater freedom and greater hope and greater opportunity than anything else we could do on our own. It is never easy, and that's the beauty of religious life, is that that gift of self, especially in those moments where we think we're starting to move in the right direction, the Lord puts that beautiful and wonderful cross on our shoulders again. And he tells us, I love you, and I want you to love even more. Each of us who have given our lives to the Lord can look in those moments, whether in marriage or in religious life, and give thanks to God for those times where we were rebuked or challenged or called to more out of love. Not out of spite, not out of a desire to serve the self, but out of a greater call to love. And so we ask the Lord, and we all pray on your, and for you, young ladies who are here, 
to open your hearts, to invite the Lord into those areas, and to never waver from doing the good and striving to follow after Jesus. Because when we say a yes, a yes without condition, a yes that is continuous in every moment and in every aspect of our life, sinners that we are, our life becomes not a problem to be solved, but a beautiful mystery that unravels before us in a new and exciting and more joy-filled way. Thanks be to God for the gift of marriage, for the wonderful witness of Christian men and women living in marriage. Thanks be to God for this wonderful gift of our religious life. May God give us all the strength to follow after him as his beloved children with wonder and awe, following after a God who so loves us, so perfectly and so wonderfully.